today, this is what I want to do. All right, I uh, I, I didn't I wasn't able to be here for graduation Sunday, and so I'm going to deal a little bit speaking to the graduates this morning, uh, but. It applies to the whole church, so don't think you're out of it today. Uh, But there's a concern that I have as a pastor. It is well known throughout churches, they've done many studies on this, that most of the kids, once they graduate high school, end up out of church. Most of them do. And... That is a burden for every pastor. And a lot of times they go off to college and they don't find a church there. If you're going off to college, I'll help you find a church wherever you're going. But they don't get involved in a church. They're, they're, they're away. And even, I'm talking about even solid teenagers, if they're not careful, will allow this to happen. They, they work jobs, and because you're young, you get the worst shifts. And people with families, you know, they're probably off on Sunday. You've got to work on Sunday. There's different variables to it. It doesn't matter the situation you're in. It doesn't matter the circumstances. If you want to walk with God, God will help you walk with him. All right? And that's the point that I want to make this morning. It applies to everyone, but we're going to be here in Daniel a chapter. We're going to start off, what I'm going to deal with this morning is your testimony, your talents, and your trust. Okay? So let's just kick it off. We'll start in chapter 1, and I'll read a few verses, then we'll pray, and we'll get into the message just to set things up. Daniel 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should Bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had been ability to them in them to stand in the king's palace, and to whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now, if you're in a habit of writing in your Bible, beside verse number 4, I want you to write, the, write this word, potential. Potential. Father, I pray that you'll bless this time that we have. Help me, Lord, to preach your word. Help me to minister to your church. And Lord, you can do far above for your people than I even know what to pray for. And so I trust you to accomplish that. Help me, Father, to say nothing, to do nothing that would hinder your great work. Put myself, Lord, 
in your leadership that you would guide and direct all that needs to be said. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On Friday night, I had a teachable moment. Um, we, uh, Will went to help me get some materials to work out here on Saturday. And uh, I was running late. I, was having a, I wanted to order the materials, but I had so many things going on, I, couldn't, I didn't get to that in time. So I got him after he got out of school to ride to Huntsville with me and pick it up. And we spent about $2,000 on building materials. So that means we had a few two-by-fours, right? And, uh, and um, so we, we had two large things of lumber. And uh, the, the register was walking around, and she was scanning all the barcodes. And she got to the end, and I said, Ma'am, I said, I don't think you scanned those two-by-fours right there. And I think I offended her when I said that. She kind of got upset about it and was defensive. And I said, well, just look on the screen there. And uh, I said, just look. I said, those are two by four by ten. And I said, if you look through the screen, you can see if you got them or not. And she said, I'm pretty sure I got them. And she went through there. And she says, those are ten foot? And I said, yes, ma'am. I said, you got the twelve footers there. I see them. She says, well, I believe you're right. I didn't get them which is about $140. And, uh, you know, $140 of $2,000, I mean, spend enough money, you know, give us the $140, right? But she didn't catch it. And William didn't catch it, but I caught it. And I wanted to make sure that we paid for everything that we were buying. And I told Will, I said, whether you saw it or she saw it, it's not the point. I saw it, and if I'd have walked out of there with those two-by-fours, that means I would have stolen. And I told him, I said, I need God's blessing upon my life more than I need $140. All right? And she gave me three 20-cent pencils. I said, let me get a few pencils, too. She says, oh, you can have those, 20 cents a piece, you know. We, uh, we left there, and uh, we were heading down 36. We got to the intersection of 31, and suddenly Decatur Police flashes their lights. And they get behind me, and so I pull off into 31, and I... I take that little entrance way off 31 to, to the, uh, what's that, Hobby Lobby there? I, I pulled in that little entrance way there and pulled off to the side. And two police officers get out. It's dark by this time, and they're walking up very slowly. I roll down both windows. I turn my lights on in the truck. I put my hands on the windshield, um, the windshield, the steering wheel. <laughs> I did not get arrested, just so you, I'm not going there, okay? <coughs> Put my hands on the steering wheel, and I watched them, and they're very cautious walking up. And they, I could tell they're, they're calling in. We're, I'm in Garrett's truck, and they're calling in the tag. And she walks up and asks how I'm doing. I said, I'm just fine, officer. How are you? 
She says, I, I pulled you over because you don't have a tag on the trailer. And I looked at her, and I just did this number. I said, actually, I do. She says, you do? And I said, it's not on there right now. I said, that trailer has one of those lift gates on it that we can put down so you can drive something up on it. And I said, because we were getting all this lumber, I said, I, me and Will, we took off the lift gate, and I left it at the church. So I do have a tag. I said, but it's not with me. She says, okay, can, can I see your insurance? I said, well, this is my son's truck. And I said, we'll look for it in the glove box. Pulled it out. I couldn't read it. Writing was so small. I said, can you read this and tell me if this is up to date? She looked at it. She says, that's fine. And uh, I said, I'm sorry about the license plate. And uh, I said, it's there at the church. I said, the trailer belongs to the church. So I don't know if you can look that up or anything, but you can find out. And this is what she said, BJ. She says, that's okay. I trust you. Imagine if I walked out of there with those two befores. <laughs> what a hypocrite I would have been, right? And she kindly let me go my way. It's a teaching point for my son. It's better to live a life where you're wanting God to honor you than you want man to honor you. Amen? Lord, help me to preach, and we'll get in this as far as we can. Daniel 1, 2, and 3, you're probably pretty familiar with. In Daniel chapter 1, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has taken over the kingdom of Judah. And his world empire has now taken them into captive, captivity. And he purposely grabbed these children who had great potential. They were children in verse 4 who had no blemish, they were well-favored, they were skillful in wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding science. They had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and the ability to learn the tongue of the, uh, the language of the Chaldeans. He saw them people of potential. And for three years, three years now, not three weeks, not three days, not three months, they were set aside, and they were supposed to receive the king's meat and drink the king's wine in verse number 5. And after those three years, they were to stand before the king. Now, four of those children are mentioned in verse 6, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them, verse number 7, Daniel's Chaldean name is Belteshazzar, Hananiah is Shadrach, Mishael is Meshach, and Azariah Abednego. But through all of this, in verse number 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, 
Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. What was Daniel saying there? He would rather have God's blessing than he would rather have man's promotion. Okay? He purposed in his heart not to defile himself. I don't care who you are, the background that you come up in, the circumstances which you were raised, whether you come from a good Christian home or you come from a broken home, where you're, what you're going to do for the rest of your life, everybody can purpose in their heart not to defile themselves before God. Everybody can. Everybody can make a decision, I want God's blessing on my life. I'm not going to live a life that's going to defile me, that's going to hurt my testimony, that's going to hurt my walk with God, that's going to lessen my effectiveness in this life or this ministry or this purpose that God has placed in my life. Everybody can make that decision. Now the thing is, is that a lot of young people don't want to make that decision. A lot of young people can't wait to get out of the house. They can't wait to get out from under the rules. They can't wait to live their own life. I was, I was that kind of individual. I moved out when I was 18 years old. I didn't want to be told what to do. I wanted to live my life. All right? I'm thankful that the Lord found me. Amen? Now, people make that decision. You have to make the decision for yourself. Mom and Daddy... They get you to where, they, they lead you and they train you to make the right decisions and help you. And then it becomes a point where they can't do anymore. All they can do is pray that you'll do it. All right? And that's the same case for all of us. Every day we have a decision, we have a choice. Am I going to live a life that either is going to defile my testimony or is it going to lead me to the blessing of God. They made a decision, all right? And in verse number 9, it says, Now God, now you should underline those two words, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. God brought him into favor. God did what Daniel could not do. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel in verse 10, I, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then you shall make me endanger my head to the king. Daniel had this request to him. Can we do something else besides eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine? And the guy was following orders. He says, I don't know that I can do that because you put my life in danger. And Daniel said to the prince of the eunuchs in verse 11, Prove, verse 12, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat, which simply is vegetables, and water to drink. All right? Something that has been sown and has grown from the earth. He says, Give us pulse to eat and water to drink. In ten days, if, if we look, if our countenance is bad... If you look on our countenance in verse 13, and you look at the countenance of everyone else, and you see us, and, and uh, we, we look worse than they do, then you deal with us. 
And so the young man, because God moved in his heart, he consented them in this matter. And he proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the other children which ate of the king's meat. And so Melzar took away their meat and their wine, and he gave them from fruit of the earth, vegetables, could be fruit, pulse, seeds that had been sown, and they ate of those things. And in verse 17, As for these four children, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. God caused them to increase, all right? It wasn't, it wasn't the king's household. It wasn't the education that was offered to them by the Babylonian king. God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and wisdom. Get everything you can to increase yourself. Just don't let it hinder your walk with God. Because at the end of the day, God can make up your weaknesses. God can give you what you need. That is the lesson that is learned here. And God's blessing is greater than man's promotion. In verse 18, at the end of the days, the king had said he should bring them in. Then the prince and of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar at the end of three years. And the king communed with them. And among all of them was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. And Daniel continued even to the first year of King Cyrus. Your testimony is about the most valuable thing you have. Your walk with God is valuable. Your relationship with the Lord, how you're able to minister to other people, don't sacrifice for what this world offers. Don't sacrifice what God can give you for what this world offers. Don't do it. You might say, well, nobody else would know. I could have walked out of Home Depot and nobody else would have known it except me. But I knew God would know it. Right? So don't defile yourself. Don't defile your testimony over a simple pleasure. Make sure you choose in your heart that you're not going to defile yourself. You're going to walk with God. Let me tell you something. Teenagers do that today. Are you with me? You with me, guys? You with me, girls? Y'all spread out everywhere today. Don't defile yourself. Make your relationship with God the most important thing. All right? Secondly, your talents. Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream. And uh, he had several dreams that troubled him. And his sleep broke from him. And the king commanded his magicians and astrologers, the sorcerers and the Chaldeans to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. 
And he told him, he says, I dreamed a dream. <coughs> and he says, I don't remember what it was. You ever done that? Jonas, you ever had a dream and you wake up and you're bothered by it, but you can't remember exactly what it was? That's what he did. He woke up, he's troubled. He can't remember what the dream was, but he told these magicians and astrologers, if you're who you say you are, tell me what the dream was. <coughs> and they said, we can't tell you what it is. You tell us what it is and we'll give you the interpretation. And he just says, Gary, he says, if I tell you what it is, then you'll just make something up. He says, but if you can tell me what the dream was, then I'll believe you. Look down there in verse 10. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. There's nobody. There's no king. There's no lord. There's no ruler. There's no one. There's no magician, no astrologer, no Chaldean. And it's a rare thing the king is asking. And the king was angry. And he was furious in verse 12. And he sent out a decree in verse 13 that went out that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to kill them because Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were part of that group. And Daniel asked Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who was sent to kill all the wise men, he says, why, verse 15, why is this decree made so hasty? And Arioch let Daniel know. And so Daniel, in verse 16, he went to the king and he said, he said, would you give me a little bit of time and I'll show you the interpretation of your dream. And in verse 17, Daniel went to his house and he let it be known to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he let it be known because in verse 18, he wanted them to pray for him, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So they're praying together. How many of you as a church would agree to pray for our young men and young women? Did you do that? You're going to pray for them, that they, would, that they would receive mercy from God. That God would reveal to them the secrets that they need. There are a lot of times where we don't know the answers and we don't know exactly what to do. But I'm going to tell you something. God has proven over time, if we just trust him and we pray and we seek him, he'll let it be known. And so the, everything fell on Daniel, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prayed for him. And in verse 19, the secret was revealed unto Daniel. And Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And in verse 20, he said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, and wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He, verse 22, he revealeth the deep and his secret things. And verse 23, he says, I thank thee and I praise thee, O God of my fathers, who give me wisdom and might and made this known unto me. And Daniel went in into Arioch in verse 24, who... Uh, went and told him, he said, destroy not the wise men of Babylon, bring me in before the king, and I'll show the king the interpretation. And Arioch brought Daniel in in verse 25, and he said this unto him, I have found a man. 
All the wise men and astrologers and magicians says there's not a man upon the earth. But Ariok said, I found one. He found him because God's blessing was upon him. And the king answered in verse 26, said to Daniel, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? And Daniel answered in the presence of the king, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God. And all God's people said, But there is a God. Can you make known unto me? He says, there's nobody who can, but there is a God in heaven that can reveal secrets. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And I'm going to tell you something before I move on. There are many, many times that I kneel down and I go to the Lord, and I don't know the answers. And I don't know what God's going to do. And there are many times where I am helpless and I am scared out of my mind. And I say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is. But I believe that you do. And I can tell you from experience that time after time, it may be, it may be a minute, it may be a year, it may be a week, I have found that God in time will reveal the secret. Right? And no man may know, but God knows. And so you pray and you ask him. And God revealed it. And so he spends the next several verses, verse uh, on down through chapter number 2, verses uh, uh, 31 through 45, Daniel interprets the dream. And you get down to verse 46. And Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face. He worshipped Daniel and commanded that he should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. Daniel shouldn't allowed that. He should have made him get up. But the king answered and said unto Daniel, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. Garrett. <coughs> this world doesn't care about how good you are. And if all that people can say about you is that Garrett is a good young man. You fail miserably. But if everybody can look at you and see what God does in your life, and they can say, your God is the God of all gods. Your Lord is the Lord of all kings. Are you with me? Then God gets the glory. And he turns people's heart Unto a saving God, you can't save anybody from hell. You can't save anyone, but your God can. And so if you choose to have a testimony that you're, not going, to you're going to purpose in your heart not to defile yourself, and you're going to pray, and you're going to, you're going to seek the answers that you have no idea what they are, but you believe God can, and you're going to pray, and you're going to seek them, and you're going to see God answer your prayers in such a way that kings or paupers, anybody, looks at you and they say, your God is the God of all gods. Your Lord is the Lord of all kings. Then you can make an eternal difference. And anybody can do that. Are you with me? Young or old, anybody can do that. If you allow your talent 
to bring glory to God, then God can do something with it. And everybody in here has a talent. Everybody in here has a gift of some kind that you can use for the, God's glory, and it can bring people back to the Lord. Everybody in here. God can do something with your life. And you know what he does? Daniel's seeking God's blessing, B.J., but he also received man's promotion. Because Nebuchadnezzar, with his power, says, I'm going to raise you boys up, and I'm going to give you great responsibility. Then you get to chapter 3, and I'll make this point very quick. Probably all of you, if you've been in church any time, you know Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar builds an image of gold. King James Bible there measures it in cubits, 60 cubits, which is about 90 foot high, 6 cubits in width, which is about 9 feet wide, 90 feet by 9 feet wide. Big old image. And he makes a decree, makes a law. He calls all the chief rulers, all the princes, he calls everybody together, and he makes a decree the first seven, eight verses of that chapter. And he says, when, you, when the music begins to play, everyone is to bow down to that image. Everybody. Look there and think I want to point out verse number eight. Or verse number seven. Therefore at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psalter, all kinds of music, all the people, the nations and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Now, I want all of y'all, all of y'all come up here. All of you, come here. <coughs> up here. Help me out, make it quick. Boss, you're the lone ranger here. All right. You guys are in church, so a lot of the peer pressure is off right now, all right? Thank you, Landon, for doing this. Appreciate it, all right? Now, here's the thing. When that music begins to play, everyone's to bow down to that image. So right now, I want all of you to bow down except for boss. I want all of you to go to your knees except for boss. You know why boss didn't bow down? Because he's a boss. <laughs> All right, so, <coughs> now, now here's the deal. All right, you guys are around other friends. You're around peers, maybe not friends, but you're around other kids, especially those of you who's in public school. And you hear a lot of stuff. Uh, you hear a lot of stuff said that probably not going to be said around adults. Um, you're going to know more about what's going on than your parents know what's going on. Um, you're, going, you're going to be invited to participate in things that you know in your heart, whether they know it or not. There's something in your heart that says, I don't need to do that. The struggle is, are you willing to stand up when everybody else bows down? 
Because I got news for you. Even your Christian friends, a lot of them are going to bow down. That's just the truth. Some of y'all are bowing down. That's pretty easy for boss to stand here in church, but everybody else bows down. Now, here's the thing, boss. You can stand there if you want to. But I got a fiery pit that I'm going to throw you in. Let's, ra let's raise it up a little bit. Forget what your friends will say about you. Forget what your, the snickers you'll get and the names that you'll be called. Forget that. Nebuchadnezzar says, I'll throw you in a fiery furnace. So when that music plays, we're all going to be looking at you. Everyone is going to be looking at you. Because you've singled yourself out now. Everybody else did what they were supposed to do. But now you've singled yourself out. So everybody says, oh, this holy roller right here, he thinks he's somebody. So I'm going to give you one more chance to bow down or come join us or participate. So when that note, when that first note plays, you better be on your knees. Or else I'm going to take care of you. And we're all watching. And that's the way it is. You bow your head down at the workplace. Suddenly you got singled out because you got noticed. I don't care where you go eat, you saw somebody, you'll see, if you see somebody bow their head, you notice. Somebody, all the, all the guys are going out after work, why don't you come join us? And you can go and not participate, but you're there. And the people who saw you go there didn't know you didn't participate. You just bow down one knee and not both. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, boss? What are you going to do? Well, this is what they said. This is probably two of my, outside of salvation scriptures, this is probably two of my favorite verses in the Bible. Look there in chapter 3. I'll stay right there. Chapter 3, look there in verse, look at the end of verse 15. Nebuchadnezzar asks you the question, Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. Say, what's that mean? 
We're not even going to pray about it. You'll say, uh, I'm going to pray about it. There's some things you don't even have to pray about. Okay? You already know the answer, so what are you praying about it for? We're not careful to answer you. If it be so, if you throw us in that burning, fiery furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. I believe God can take care of me. I believe God can deliver me. I believe God can help me. You can do what you want to with me, but I believe God's stronger than you are. But if not, those are, those are some strong words to pray, aren't they, Mike? But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I believe God can answer my prayer, and I believe God can protect me and take care of me. I believe God can deliver. I believe God can heal from cancer, don't you? I believe God can do great things. But sometimes God don't. So where does that leave your faith? Is your faith only strong enough if God does? Because then you're putting an ultimatum on God. So you can't say, I believe, as long as God delivers me, I'm not, you're not trusting the Lord, you're telling God what to do. But they're trusting the Lord. They said, I believe God delivered me, but if he chooses not to, we're going to go down with this testimony. Boss didn't bow down. He didn't bow down. Everybody else may. But not him. And he does get thrown in that fiery furnace, doesn't he? Don't they? They get thrown in that fiery furnace. He makes it seven times hotter. I mean, the guys who threw them in the furnace burn up. And God protected them in the midst of the fire. Are you with me? In the midst, sometimes God, yeah. For some of us, God will answer the prayer and he'll deliver you from the fire. But some of you, you're going to have to go in. I, I got no answer for you. I, I don't know why. I don't know. Some of you are going to have to go right in. Tiffany, you know what you'll find in the fire? you'll find that God is just as powerful in the fire as he is outside of it. And you're actually going to experience God in a way that nobody else did. You guys can go sit down. Look at me. All of you look at me. You can go sit down. You're not looking at me, son. You're hiding behind me. You can go sit down, but you, I'm telling you, make a decision in your heart today 
your life is going to honor God. You're not going to defile yourself. You hear me? Y'all do that. Make that the most important thing in your life. And stand even if everybody else kneels. Got it? Okay, go sit down. Especially you. (coughs) Whether it was their testimony or their talent or their trust, what they had with God was more important than anything else was offered. I'm not pointing anybody out here. But I know the law of probabilities. Some of you have bowed down. Some of you have chosen to defile yourself. And I don't, may not know it, and I don't have to know it. Your spouse may not know it. But you know it. And that leaves you just as guilty as if everybody else did. Amen? Make a decision today. Confess your sin to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Choose to live for the Lord. That's Barry, that's...